How many of you guys like normal? Go ahead, raise your hand. Yeah, if you like normal, well, you're not going to like my message today, so. Uh-oh. Now we're going to dig you guys deep today. I went to the store the other day. I was only in there for about five minutes. When I came out, there was a motorcycle cop writing a parking ticket. So I went up to him and said, come on, buddy. How about giving a guy a break? He ignored me and kept writing the ticket. So I called him a cotton-headed ninny-muggins. He glared at me and started writing another ticket for having bald tires. So I called him a horse face. He finished with the second ticket and started writing a third ticket. This went on for about 20 minutes. The more abuse I gave him, the more tickets he wrote. I don't care. My car is parked around the corner. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't you love that? You come out and there's like 15 tickets on your windshield. You'd have to call him and get an explanation to that. What on earth? Oh, man. One day there was two men fishing. When the game warden slipped up on them, he asked for their fishing license. One of the men took off running, so the warden started chasing him. He ran after the man down the side of the river, through the swamp, and up the side of the mountain, over the river again. Then he crossed the river again, and finally, about three miles of chasing, the game warden catches up to the man. Bleeding and out of breath, the warden says, Can I see your fishing license? The man reached in his pocket, pulled out the fishing license, and handed it to the game warden. The warden asked, Why did you run? The man just looked at the warden and smiled. My friend doesn't have a license. (laughs) Yeah, that was a good one. Come on, that was better than than what you guys gave me. Come on. What would you do for a friend? You know? Um, My first point this morning is lonely. We are in a time and a season of where we are lonelier than we've ever been. I listened to a study this week that said people between the ages of 18 and 24, 79% say they are lonely. That is a huge number. I'm like, you've got to be kidding. Well, I think we can chase or we can um, give COVID quite a bit of that. We've pulled ourselves back. Bowling leagues are way down. Participation in basketball leagues, in bridge clubs, in tennis clubs, at the gym. Well, till New Year's. Then the gym fills back up. And then, as Gavin and I can tell you, about three weeks later, it's back to where it was. Okay? Um, But all of these things are dropping. The title of my sermon this morning is Get There. Get There. God is asking us to step into something new. But so many times the loneliness keeps us from getting there. Loneliness crushes the soul. Um, I heard this study this week that said loneliness on your body is the same as 15 cigarettes a day. That's what loneliness does to our body. 
We're not meant to be alone. You know, in the, in Genesis, it wasn't good for man. You know, Adam was lonely. So what did he do? He made a woman. I heard this week that there's no women in heaven. I heard that. It says because there was silence for 30 minutes. No, I'm joking. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Which, which is funny because there's no way I would have made that one either, okay? I don't do good with silence, okay? Back to my notes. That was free. That was free. That is not in here, okay? Loneliness is also the same as a, about six alcoholic drinks a day. If you start thinking about why are we lonely... Because we have pulled ourselves back from people. Another study said that the numbers in church have dropped dramatically. Because we are doing such a great job as churches on streaming. The problem with streaming is you are now sitting at your house by yourself and not getting the fellowship that we're supposed to have. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ecclesiastes 4. We're going to start in verse 8. This is the case of a man who is all alone, without a child or a brother, yet who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. Then he asks himself, who am I working for? Who am I giving up so much pleasure now? It is all this meaningless and depressing Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person fails, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people laying across, laying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a three-braided cord is not easily broken. We were never called to be alone. What happens is what I find when I'm alone, I don't find myself getting there, getting to where I need to be. There's been, I remember, we were doing a college-age life group in the church probably 16, 17 years ago. Olivia was little. Gavin, I was on my way one night when he broke his arm, which changed my whole plans. Um, But I remember going one night and going, man, I am so tired. I do not want to put up with these college kids. I do not want to be teaching it. I'm tired. And yet I said, okay, God. I know I'm called to do it. I'm going to do it. And I left there energized and ready. Like I I left the meeting with more energy than I went in. Why? Because there was relationship there. There was an anointing there. We are called to be a family. An army... If you, how many people have in here have served in the military? Thank you. Part of being in the military is knowing that you can trust the person next to you, right? 
You've, you've got, if you're going into battle, you need to know that you can trust that person that's standing next to you. That's what we as a church are called to do. Second point this morning, anxious. How many of you guys not only are maybe lonely, but you're anxious? I find myself more anxious now than I was 10 years ago. There's more things out there that says I'm inadequate. There's more things out there that say, well, if you're going to be happy, you got to have this. There's more things out there. And yet I find myself that when I'm around my friends that are encouraging me, I don't find myself near as anxious. When I'm around my family, I don't sit on the couch watching a movie with my family getting all anxious about stuff. No, I'm in a safe place. I know that I'm loved. I know that I don't have to be something that I'm not. Sometimes the anxiousness that we we live in is because we think we have to be something other than who God created us to be. I heard something last night on the Golf Channel, which if it's on the Golf Channel, it must be right. Okay, guys, I'm just telling you. They asked this professional that is now on the senior tour. He's been playing golf for on the, on the PGA Tour for 25 to 30 years at this point. And they said, if you could go back to a junior golfer, what would you work on? He's like, I would spend less time working on what I'm not good at and spending more time in working on what I am good at. Most of us spend more time looking at our faults, our failures, our addictions, than the other side who God really called us to be. You're loved, and God wants you to get to the next place. If I had had more time, I could have gotten into how many of us are depressed? How many of us are hurting? How many of us are frustrated, confused? The list can go on and on and on about what keeps us where we're at. The list can keep going. But at some point, we have to say, you know what? It doesn't matter what I've done or where I've been or what I'm going through right this minute. I'm going to step in to something new. What's neat is that no matter where you're at right now, God has a solution for you. You might think that there's no way out. And God goes, well, just wait. I think I have a way. Point number three this morning is get there. We have to get there. How many of us are sitting and waiting for God to move where we're at? God, I need you to move. God, please do something in my life. God, I need this. God, I trust you. When what God's really speaking is move over here and see what I can do. God is saying to us this morning that there are miracles, provision, everything that he has planned for your life is waiting for you, but you need to become uncomfortable and move to something new. 
That's why I said, how many of you guys love normal? There's a season that is right in front of us that God is saying, don't be content. Don't be willing to stay where you're at. You have to step into something new. You have to get there. Just like the picture, you have to get to a new place. If you're going to go climb engineer this afternoon, you're going to have to work to get there. If you get out of your car and you go, okay, God, I think that you can bring that mountaintop experience to me. And I'm not saying God can't do it. Probably not going to. But when we get out of our comfortableness, out of the norm, and we say, God, I want to get there. I need us to raise our faith. I need us to start walking towards what God has for us. Abraham had to move to the promised land. Jacob fled his brother Esau. He moved. He, did, he couldn't stay there. Why? Because he was probably going to get his butt kicked. If you guys read that story. Joseph. He didn't just stay where he was. He was always working on doing better. He was always working on making his masters happy. Moses fled Egypt. Why? Because he did something bad. He murdered a guy, right? And then God brings him back to save. But he had to move. He had to get there. Because there is where God was. There is where the provision is. There is where the miracles are. I might not be preaching to every one of us this morning, but there's somebody here this morning that has been asking God for something. And you're saying, God, I'm willing to wait right here. I really like waiting on you, God. I remember back in 2008 when, you know, the building really dropped. We had a construction company. We were doing granite countertops. All of a sudden, 2008, 2009, hardly anybody's building anything, and it got really tough. And I remember laying in bed, anxious, like, how are we going to pay the bills? We were living paycheck to paycheck. And it's rough when you're at that point. And I'm anxious, and I'm like, I just feel like I'm all alone. And I feel like I can't say everything, that, all the fears that I have to my wife, because now she's going to worry, Right? I try to tell my wife as much as possible, but there are some things I don't tell her. Because then the anxiousness gets more. Then the, and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, one of the songs that we used to do a long time ago, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And the next day, you know what? I said, you know what? I'm not going to be content just to wait and wait for jobs. I'm going to be proactive. So I got up the next day and I put in an application at the sheriff's office. God said, no, you don't want to do that. I probably would have been pretty good at it. I'd have wrote lots of tickets. I'm not going to lie. But <laughs> I would have been funny while doing it. Come on. Be, be. But I'm like, okay, I've got to be doing something. 
And guess what? What I thought was this, God said, no, but now that you're moving, let's go over here. It's easier to get a moving donkey to go where you need it to, even though they're stubborn, than a sitting donkey. You'll never get them up. And I'm not calling you guys any names this morning. (laughs) But what I'm saying is we have got to get up on the move. Even if we think that it's going here and God says, no, now that you're moving, it's easy to get you here. Ruth had to move to get to her miracle, to her provision. David was anointed king. But then all of a sudden Saul wanted him. What did he have to do? He had to move to get where God wanted him to be. The lesson I want us to hear this morning is that God will work miracles for you, but he's not going to do it here. He needs us as a church to step out in faith and get there. We have to be willing to get uncomfortable and get there. I promise you, if you get there, God will meet you. In the uncomfortableness of what God's asking us to step into, he will meet you. If you have your Bibles, turn to Mark 5. We're going to start in 25. It says, a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with consistent bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out of him, so he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? She needed a miracle. And in that time, when you were at the place where she was with the consistent bleeding, you were not supposed to be out and about. They were supposed to be in a home, off by themselves, because they have a major condition. And she goes, no, but I know that my miracle, I know that my provision, I know that what God has for me is right there. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, if I can just touch his robe, But she had to get up and she had to go and get there. God is asking some of us to get off our butts and get there. Because that's where the miracle that you're asking for, that's where the provision is, that's where your real calling is, is when you get up and get there. I'm glad that this lady was not content. And we can find story after story in the Bible of people that said, I'm, I've got to do something. I've got to get there. You 
You got to get a tenacity about you. You got to get a mindset that says, I refuse to be stuck here because I need what God has. So I have to get there. So what's the title of the sermon this morning? Get there. So I don't know who this is for, but somebody has to hear, get up and get there. Whether it's on Monday night, you youth group, get there. God can do amazing things and he is doing amazing things. Men's group, oh, I'm too tired. I've had a rough day. Get there and see what God is going to do. Women's group, not this Wednesday. (laughs) You're going to have to wait till next Wednesday to get there. But get there and see what God can do in your life. And I'm, there, there's so many great things that God is doing. There's other ministries. There's other things going on. If God is saying to get there, then be there. Okay? And I don't have a problem with podcasts. I don't have a problem with watching different churches streaming. No problems with that. But you got to get where people are so that you can have the relationship. You can have the people that strengthen you. You can have the people that say, hey, I've been there. Let's pray. And encourage each other. When I was preparing this and finishing up my notes last night, I started thinking about the 12 spies. So here God has called Israel to go into the, this new land, Right? And so they decided, Joshua decided, hey, let's send 12 spies to check out this land. 10 come back with a horrible, horrible report. Oh my God, the guy, they're big, but you should see it's, there's milk and honey. There's, there's grapes, huge grapes. It's awesome. Three grapes can make some really good grape juice. Okay, I digress. Oh, let's get back. There was grapes, okay? But the 12 spies, 10 came back with a bad report. But here in Numbers 13.30, but Caleb tried to quiet the people as he stood before Moses. Let us go at once to take the land. He said, we can certainly conquer it. I have found that when I'm lonely, anxious, depressed, hurting, frustrated, allowing life to dictate to me what's going on, I usually say, you know what? Tomorrow morning, I'm going to start doing it. You know what? It's been a rough week. Maybe on Sunday, I'll start doing it because I want to sleep in or I want to or or you've had a long weekend. You're at the lake all week, which I have no problems with the lake. But then come Sunday morning, you go, maybe next Sunday I'll make it to church. They had to wander around in the wilderness because of 10 bad reports. Guess what? If they would have just followed Caleb and said, hey, at once, which means now, we need to go right now at once. In the morning, we need to go conquer this land. If you don't try to get where God is calling you to be, you're going to be 
Well, maybe next week. Maybe next week. Maybe next week. Maybe next week. The miracles and the provision and what God has for you is there. And we have to be willing to be a, an army, a family that says, let's do it together. Let's get there. What can I do to strengthen you to get there? That is the strength of church. Let's go at once and take the land. Let's go at once, get off our butts and get there. There is a mountaintop experience if you get up and try to get there. Let's all stand. So, Father, I just thank you that you have a there for each and every one of us. You have a moment, a time, a season of miracles, provision, of joy of hope. So Father, I ask that you would give us a tenacity today, that you would give us the faith to say, you know what, I'm no longer going to stay here, but I'm going to get up and get there so I can see and be a part of what you're doing in this earth. I just want every eye closed. And I just want us, if you need a miracle in your life, raise your hand. If you've been asking God for provision, Raise your hand. If you've been asking God for a new season because you're tired of where you're at, raise your hand. Okay, so now you can all open your eyes. I saw a lot of hands up. So obviously there's more than just one or two that God wanted to speak to this morning. So now it's our job to say, I'm going to get off my butt and I'm going to start moving. And if you don't know what that is, then say, Holy Spirit, show me something. Or find a friend, find somebody in this body, find somebody that you know that's spiritually going to lift you up and say, I need you to pray with me about getting to my their moment. Does this make sense this morning? Don't do it alone. I've tried that a lot of times.
you know what? I don't need anybody in the church. I think I can figure this out. I can do this. You know, I don't like reading instructions. So if, I'm, if you're a man of not liking re- reading instructions, chances are you probably don't read the word of God as much as you should. I'm guilty. Instead of going, oh God, man, what am I? Instead of opening the word, I mean, this week we talked to our youth about right habits. One of those habits is praying and reading the word. If you don't know how to get off your butt, stand up and start reading the word and start moving and walking. I don't know what it is for you, but God has miracles and provisions for us. But we can't just wait and wait and wait for them. We got to start moving. Amen? If we can go ahead and get the prayer team to come down. If there's anybody here this morning that's needing prayer. Yeah, would you guys help? If there's anybody here this morning that is needing prayer for anything, whether it's a financial miracle, whether it's your nephews going through cancer, whether it's whatever it might be, this is a good opportunity to get up and say, hey, it's not my norm to go down for prayer, but I know that as I do, God's going to start doing something. Okay? There's also a lady in our church. Well, she used to be in our church, and her brother called us, and she's, it's Stacy. I cannot remember her last name. I can't hear you, but her name is Stacy, and she has cancer, and it doesn't look like they're giving her much time. And I believe that she has somewhere between a 10, 12-year-old. And she's an only parent. And so we can be lifting Stacy up and just be praying over her. She hadn't been here in about three years, but this is what she considers her home church. Okay? So, dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for today. I thank you that you are asking us to step into something new and to get there. So, Father, we lift up Stacy. We just ask for a supernatural miracle to just come over her body and that these cancer cells would leave in the name of Jesus. We have some snacks in the, hall, in the hospitality room. Stay and get to know someone that maybe you don't know. You guys have a great week. Love you guys.